Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name's Rob Woods and this is the show for any fundraiser who wants ideas and inspiration to help you raise more money, enjoy your job and make a bigger difference, especially during the pandemic. And in today's interview, I'm talking to a fabulous fundraiser named Lucy Reed from a charity called International Animal Rescue. And she's achieved some wonderful results in the last 12 months by quite deliberately focusing on the small things that she can do each day. In this conversation, Lucy explains how focusing her energy on these small things, these incremental gains, has actually led to a big impact on both her morale and on her results. Although Lucy originally decided to try this approach following a talk I gave a year ago on the subject, I found our conversation actually re-inspired me with the power of the concept and I hope you find it as helpful as I did. Lucy Reed, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. I've been looking forward to our conversation because you and I had a chat a couple of weeks ago because you had mentioned that you came on a course or you, you, you went to an open course I did about a year ago and you mentioned that some of the ideas had particularly helped you. And I think our listeners will, will find some of those things you've been doing quite interesting, but also just practical. But just before we do that, I need to get the details right. So you're the senior fundraising officer and the charity you work for is International Animal Rescue. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. IAR for short, but yeah, International Animal Rescue. And uh, just a bit of context. How long have you worked for charities? Oh, uh, pretty much since I graduated, I started volunteering. I did a few internships. So near near about 10 years now um and i've been working for environmentally focused animal charities for about seven years um so yeah that that's kind of my my area of expertise as it were great thank you and i want to jump in then to the subject we talked about on the phone the other day which was you came on this course i did about a year ago i think it was um maybe uh, yeah, it was, it was the autumn of 2019, if I remember rightly. And I was talking about one of my favourite subjects, which is don't get seduced and tempted to aim for a big result, like a big major gift or the, the, the biggest trust gift, to, you know, to, to focus on the £10,000, but to aim for small wins, the, the idea of looking for incremental gains because if you do enough of them, they compound and they, they take you to a better place. And so I, I did, I think, a, an hour long talk on that. And you mentioned to me just recently that you found that idea quite helpful. Yes, that, that is exactly it. So I think I could speak on, on behalf of a lot of fundraisers when we do become fixated on this end goal, exactly what you were saying. And it's difficult to have a vision or a strategy on how to get there because we have targets to meet you know we have events to plan and at this time about a year ago as you said I was feeling quite frazzled and overwhelmed and corporate partnership pictures weren't coming off and trust and foundation applications weren't working I was sending them out and getting nothing back and and to be honest yeah I was just feeling a bit just a bit disheartened by by it all so um so coming to your event and and it was something that just really resonated with me when you when you broke it down and you said, oh, actually, it's this idea of incremental gains and small moments of, of positiveness, I guess, that we do get every day, but we just don't recognise it. Um, it's that building up over a longer period of time that allows you 
to visualize the end goal more um so it really was as as simple as that and I and I just kind of left thinking I'm gonna try that I'm I'm definitely gonna try this so yeah then pretty much the next day I got into the office and I'd set up a little table my word document and I thought right I'm just gonna do it for a couple of days see if it makes me feel a little bit more focused a little bit more aware of what I do every day and so I put my output so it would be every day you know sent a handwritten letter or jotted that email down or sent that application off again and at the end of the day I would just have a look at what gains I'd achieved that day even something as small as someone rang up and said um, they liked the letter I sent them because it had an additional you know little note and a personalized message and literally I've been doing that for the last 12 months every every single working day and it's just proved incredibly beneficial. Yeah, so congratulations, Lucy, for, I mean, lots of us go on a course or listen to a talk or something and we get a good idea. And I just know how, with the best will in the world, how easy it can be to sort of leave that good idea in the notebook and then just feel a bit guilty about it and never never quite get round to it. So um, anyway, for, for being someone who, who's determined to get a good idea and at least try it, n- not to commit for a year, but just try it out and see if it helps. Uh, I love that. But I, I'm also, I just think it's really interesting um, how the thought, actually, the, you know, not to depress, but I think the dice are loaded against us in a way that our, our, ordinarily our thinking does get skewed to want to leap ahead to the prize of winning the partnership or, or getting the large gift or whatever, rather than what small thing could I do today that get, takes me a step closer to it uh, and I think, you know, it, even if we're quite good at that, the truth is that in many organisations, our colleagues or even not the way our targets are set, they might be skewed to measuring the wrong thing. Actually, it's meant to be motivating. Oh, look at this wonderful prize. Let's get excited about that. In practice, it causes me to get depressed on a wet Tuesday it, 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 and devalue some things I could do today. And, and I, I know you've already talked about this a, a little, but I just wonder if you'd reflect you know, more on your opinion on, on how hard it can be. Mm, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the, that's entirely why it, it resonated so much with me is because um, I just had this, you know, this huge, uh, you know, kind of obviously financial, um, amount that I had to get that we all fundraisers have to achieve and um and it it, you're so fixated on 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 that you know what that would do for the charity obviously you know you you have to keep working and raising awareness and raising funds because that you know that's where you see the 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 outcome and the impact of the donation Um, but kind of to get there is we don't think about that, that that's those steps. And actually it, it is those steps that are ap- absolutely crucially important. Um, and also we often place so much emphasis on that final goal. Like, oh my God, well done. Like we did it like, hooray. And then came right back to it. You know, it's kind of, yeah, but that's been, that's been the last 12 months of plugging away, of picking up the phone, of making those of those meetings and, and now having doing what I do, even if it's just for me on a personal level, on a Friday afternoon, I can look back and think, yep, I've achieved that. Wasn't a great week, but 
you know, next week will be better because on Monday afternoon I had that lovely call and that's pretty much pushed pushed me through for the week and made me recognise why I'm here and why I am do what I do. Yes, it's so interesting the way you you say that because uh, so many of the books that are written and and presentations that get given at conferences or virtual conferences now, I don't think the people who are getting good results are intending to mislead anyone, but it's just so much easier and more interesting seeming to talk about the fancy bit or what we did on the pitch day or, or, or something that seems like the big move that, that got you your new job or whatever. It seems to be the more interesting bit. And I think as, as humans and as organisations, we tend to put more weight than, than is necessarily fair on just one or two bits of a, a success story and sort of almost always the the most important ingredient was the hard work of doing day in day out the unglamorous often unsexy things of making three calls each morning or finding five minutes to write down a story when you hear it no one's kind of talking about that when they win an award or very rarely do they i've read various books which make this clear clear point that how easy it can be for us to be seduced by the big move or this notion of talent when actually almost always a crucial element of the success stories, which we may find inspiring, was the day in, day out, smaller seeming things that you've done really well in the last 12 months to do more of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, exactly. And that's so, that's so, so true. I think for, you know, for many different industries and walks of life, um, it, it's just in, important to to know, you know, just to make a, a mental note or, or even better, obviously, what I've been doing is just jotting it down. And I, I'm just, having a quick look back now at some of my you know examples or things that I would have written as a gain and and it's something even as small as you know talking to um a team member who has some great feedback about something um or getting a a piece uh, an article piece in a magazine and in the moment you think well what relevance has that got and what what impact is that really is that really having um but over time, when you look back, you think, oh, if it wasn't for that, actually, and if it was, if I didn't mention that, we probably wouldn't have got that, um, you know, that piece on the radio or, um, and, the re- and the nurturing of the relationships as well. So if I have been speaking with a donor over a couple of months and I'll jot down something that might be going on with them at the moment, you know, like they you know, welcomed a new baby into the family or they've had a lovely holiday, Um and I'll and I'll reference that because I'll think, oh, I, that they did that in March. Like I wonder how things are now. So on a practical level, um, that that really helps as well because it allows you to just to build that trust and transparency in donors and, and see them for the people that they are because they're not, you know, they're so they are absolutely everything to us as a charity. And when you pick up the phone and you you write them a letter, they want to feel connected with you. Um, and and again, it, it just allows me to kind of reference back to that, which has which has been another wonderful positive that I didn't think about to start. Yeah. So one of the things um, I'm picking up is that you sense that this, and you, before you mentioned to be a, a couple of the results where where it's it's helped your fundraising and the things overall as fundraisers we're likely to be measured on. But I'm sensing almost before that, and in a way, every bit as important is, you know, we focus on what we feel. And since doing this quite deliberate practice of of knowing what your outputs are, what you're doing, and then looking for and noticing whether you get gains or not, it's helped you 
uh, help your own morale at the end of a day or at the end of a week because you're you're less likely to discount the value of this this good stuff because like others you're waiting waiting for the big prize you're more likely to, to value the working in this way and so you might switch off your computer a, a little more fulfilled at the end of your day than if you weren't quite deliberately focusing your attention in this way Mm, 100% definitely definitely I might have got you know a donation come in but I didn't write it down or I didn't because it didn't feel like it kind of warranted that at the time because I was so fixated on another project or another end goal um so it's just it just grounds you and I think the great thing about it is that it's accessible to everybody you know if you're a leader or if you're a junior if you're a team in a, a part of a team or if you work independently it's something that everybody can do you know, in their day-to-day working life that will, even if it's just a couple of things per week or one thing a week, um, yeah, shutting it down at the at the end of the week on a Friday just makes you feel fulfilled and motivated and ready to go, ready to go again on Monday. And I'm not saying every week is positive because it's definitely not, um, but they're also good to look back on because, you know, we can't, we can't innovate. No, innovation isn't there if we don't fail. So I've noticed that as well quite a bit on my uh, on my points as well. So that's a crucial thing, isn't it? It, it makes you more likely to, to learn whatever lesson can be taken because some of these actions may not have led to a gain. It might have led to something not, not working and actually it's not worth doing this activity again or if I do, I should change it. This act of kind of reflecting helps you with, with uh, keep course correcting over time. Mm, exactly that and I've noticed patterns and trends and I think mm, I seem to be doing this a lot in my in my outputs over the couple of weeks but nothing nothing's coming back now I should probably change tack a bit so um so then I would think okay what what's working here I'm just gonna think doing these little phone calls or or writing down an extra thing or referencing a a, a tv program we might have been on 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 somebody who I know loves that type, that area of our work those are the things that I focus on now rather than the uh yeah the big kind of energy using ones that don't really bring anything back which uh which I've noticed as well yeah and uh when we spoke before you mentioned a, a couple of stories which stood out to me and and you sensed that your approach this this process helped you be more likely and it, and it did lead, lead to better results and I, I think one of them was after a trip you'd been on yeah, so so last year I was fortunate enough to go on a, a, a trip to Armenia to visit our bear sanctuary out there where we um, we rescue and release bears uh, back into the wild. Um, and I was I was lucky enough to go on an actual bear rescue, and um, it was incredible on so many levels. But also when I came back and I thought, you know, how can I use this as a um, kind of catalyst really or, 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 or a motivation of speaking to donors and thinking and bringing them into the field because a lot of what we do can feel quite disconnected we can't bring our funders straight into what we do so and I thought well I, w- I always find storytelling so impactful um, on so many levels so I thought I'll just tell them my story um, so I picked up the phone and I, I would call a couple of our donors who who I absolutely know absolutely love what we do in Armenia but would, wouldn't you know travel there or wouldn't obviously have the the means to go and visit so I I yeah I, I rang them and I explained what I'd been doing and everything that you know was in 
involved in that rescue from how I felt to how, you know, what, what must have been going through the bear's head for all this is happening. And then to the moment that it got to the sanctuary and that incredible positive, just wonderful moment of this is, this is safe for them now. This is where they'll be. Um, and yeah, that, that's just been incredible because over time people have referenced that and I've followed up with a letter to say, oh, as I, you know, I called you earlier in June and we had a chat about Max the bear. I just wanted to let you know that he's doing really well and all these, and all these other reasons. So, so yeah, that, that was like a really nice glue um, between the project and our donors is, is essentially me telling a story. Mm. And, and so I sense that with, with this approach of just kind of each day, what could I do to connect w- with supporters? You did that the first time. You, your system made it really clear that there was there was a gain, there was a, a, a small positive thing coming out of it. So it, it helped you follow through and make time for that activity, which many fundraisers wouldn't normally feel was urgent, but it, it helped you see the importance of it. So you kept going with the tactic that was working. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I would just keep, you know, I think this is definitely working. I can see this, that, you know, people are referencing back to this and they're sending me little notes and wanting to check up. And, and also it, it makes it just all more personal, which, which I know that, that donors and funders of all different backgrounds and levels want, they just want to feel connected to, to what we do. And, and that was a lovely, lovely way to do that. And um, obviously I can't, you know, jet set around the around well it's definitely not this year but around the world and visiting our different projects but um but again it just starts the conversation you know it just it just brings the the person into the into the story and into what we're doing and um and yeah it's 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 been a great a great advantage to 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 my role yeah really well done for for doing that because i think it's so easy it is so easy even if not from a big trip even just from a from an hour, some kind of Zoom thing with someone on the front line of our cause. It's the easiest thing in the world to get some lift from it and then just go straight back to the emails. Whereas actually, you know, often there was something, some story, some idea, some metaphor, some insight you've got, we get if we can hear from our front line. That if only we pause and, and think, now, how could I share that on? That can make all the difference. So really well done for doing that. And... If there was, I mean, we haven't got time to go example after example, but if there were one other little, for instance, that occurs to you where you've sensed, ah, it's obvious in a way, but because of this process, it helped me do more of this thing. And that, that really did help results. Hey, it's Rob. And I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about our most popular training day for fundraising teams, which is called Storytelling and Influence. And the reason we're so excited is that this year we've been discovering it's working as well as ever when delivered over Zoom, just like it did for the years and years that we've delivered it as a classroom training session for fundraising teams. And if you were able to attend our Breakfast Club for Fundraising Leaders just the other day, then you would have heard Max from a homelessness charity talking about how the techniques that his team learned on this course were one of the factors that helped them to win a wonderful partnership worth more than £250,000 literally a couple of months ago. So if you're the leader of a fundraising team and you'd like your colleagues to have extra skill and confidence to be more interesting, more inspiring, more able to help donors connect to what they really care about to do with your cause when they talk to your supporters or when they're writing to your supporters, then this course we teach, Storytelling and Influence, is the one that gets results. If you're at all curious, 
You can find out more information on my website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services, brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. There's some information there. Or if you'd just like to go to the website and get in touch with me to set up a chat, you can do that. And we would love to hear from you. For now, though, I want to get straight back to the interview with Lucy, where she's going to give another example of how her incremental gains approach helped her improve her results. Yeah, I think, um, again, just kind of referencing back to to the, the little moments of of sharing, I guess. And there was a, a particular funder who um, really liked a project area. But for one reason or another, we had maybe communication or busyness, as I'm sure everybody kind of feels from time to time, they had kind of drifted. Um, but I knew that they really loved our project, but we just weren't conveying stuff clearly enough, or we weren't, you know, connecting as much as as um, as as they probably would have liked. And again, if I hadn't got something written down, I might not have realised this for longer. Um, and I just thought, you know, what what can I do to to bring them back in? Um, and over time, I would again, I would just pick up the phone or I would um, send them a, a letter referencing something that that we're working on. I say, I know you've you've funded this in the past. Um, this is what obviously what we're doing, and and even things that you wouldn't necessarily think that a donor would be interested in. I can't even think of an example, but like an article or, or something, they think it's not really, this isn't going to bring in any money for us, but I just want them to be aware that I'm thinking and I'm, and I'm bringing them into the, into this project. Um, and, you know, over time they've, they've sent more questions back. So I'm like, great, they're interested in, in this. They, they really want to know more. Um, and thankfully now that their, their donation kind of dropped to about 7,000 and now it's up to near about 30,000 again. So, uh, so that's wow. been a really, probably one of the, yeah, the biggest highlights because I've, I've recognized that I've just stopped and I've listened and I've thought, what, what is it that they want? And I've, um, yeah, and I've kind of continued to dig away and, and thankfully they're, they're entirely back on board now. Well, congratulations. That's a really fabulous turnaround. And it reminds me many years ago, there's a brilliant fundraiser. I was, I was uh, had the good fortune to interview who was raising probably more high value income than anyone else in the children's charity I worked with in at the time. And when I asked her what her secret was, she said, well, I'm more donor focused than, you know, than most people. Uh, and I said, well, I'm quite donor focused as well. She said, I know you are, but there's a steely discipline to my donor focus, Rob. <laughs> when she said the word steely and discipline, I knew that she was doing something different to what I was doing. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, my mentor two decades ago said, here's the key that will really help you with work-life balance and results. She said, in the morning, ask yourself, what are three things I could do to deepen relationships with our supporters? And part two is, do those things before you get em embroiled in internal spreadsheets and anything internal focusing, what can I do to in some way deeper a connection with our existing or potential supporters? Do Then do those, and she said, before you even turn your emails on, <laughs> or certainly before you kind of, get sucked into any internal meetings or spreadsheets and i know that for the listeners listening that might seem just wildly impractical and your manager might be right royally annoyed at you if you weren't prioritizing their spreadsheet however 
even if you can't do it every day and you miss on Wednesday and Friday, you still are going to end up doing more of these small moves, which just deepen, 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 and help supporters feel more connected to why they care. And um, the result is that if and when it's appropriate to ask that trust or that donor or that company or whoever for a further gift, the fundraiser who was proactively doing these small moves like you did with this example, just that extra little, I saw this and thought of you, or a little quote or a little message, a little thank you from the chief exec, whatever it might be, the fundraiser who has, has done that trick and made time for those not urgent seeming, but important things, you know, well, her is, that's why she ended up raising more money than most other people I've ever interviewed, because she was making time internally for those donor-focused things. Does that resonate with you to an extent that your technique has helped you to do work more in that way than one normally would? Yes, that, that's interesting, actually, really interesting. As you were saying that, you know, you said about that she's placing in what do we place importance on? And I think ultimately, obviously, as a fundraiser, we know what the important things are is raising funds. But, you know, how how do we get there? And even if you have a day where all you've done, where all you've done for the whole afternoon is sharing an article or, um, you know, bringing, bringing someone into picking up the phone and just, just bringing them into something kind of random, but you know that they're interested in it. Um, or just writing out letters. It's going to take an hour, but one person might read that letter, just one out of the 10, and they'll think, gosh, she's actually written this and she's and she's mentioned that thing that we talked about. Or, you know, that they are the important steps to the overall goal. And it's and it's just about being honest, trustworthy, open and personal um, with your donors. And and yeah, I, I really, really like the 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 ethos that you've shared there. And um yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I just encourage people just to give it a go, just to try. Um, don't be super organised because we're all different, um, but just, just, just type down maybe at the end of the day just what you've done and, and whether there's some little gains in there because there'll be more than you think. One reason I was especially happy to talk to you and hear your story was your system is really relatively simple. I mean, one still needs the discipline to choose to do it, but just uh, you mentioned it at the beginning of the interview, but at its simplest, what has your practice been? Uh, and I, just before we finish, I want listeners to be able to just hear, you know, they might not do it exactly the same as you, but at its simplest, how have you done this? So literally, uh, I mean, I'm awful at Excel. I use a Word document and I just have my Monday to Friday, um, two, two rows, five columns, and I just have my outputs at the top and my gains at the bottom. And just as the day, throughout the day, I'll just jot down, um I don't know I've, hang on, I've got one I've got it right in front of me now I say uh yes yeah, so I th- sent some thank you emails to some donations we had over the weekend you know kind of got on it quickly didn't leave it till Friday want to like speak to people early on because they're obviously really into you know what we what we did over the weekend or um and then um, I'm just looking there again. Like I said, I just listened to something inspiring or motivational this morning. Like that, that was a gain for me because it was the start of the week. Um, and it made, just made me feel better about what I had achieved or what I hadn't achieved that day. Um, and, and then, then yes, yeah, just, yeah. just I, um, to, to get the detail. So you list, list the things you're doing. Uh, and then you, then at the end of the day, you note whether, whether any of those outputs puts you did did or didn't bring a particular gain 
And surprisingly often you, no you notice there is a gain or sometimes there's a learning point, but you review at the end of each day and then at the end of the week, you've got a record. Is that broadly it? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So sometimes again on a, on a Monday will be something that I did last Wednesday. So that makes sense. So I think yeah. that letter I sent off, cool, got a response back, really pleased with that. Um, or it might be something completely unrelated, but I, I saw something today and I loved it. So I jotted it down. Um, but yeah, that's all it is. And then, and then usually when I start the week, the next week, I can kind of reference back as well and think, oh, I, I, I asked them about this thing on Tuesday. I'm just going to follow up because it's been a week, you know, so sometimes it, it kind of brings more of a, like a practical structured mindset to the week as well, as, as well as just recognizing the, the good things that have happened that day. Mm. I love it. I really love it. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you for helping just take me through the baby steps of exactly how you do it. Cause that, that level of practical detail is, is really helpful to me. And it may be that our listeners don't do it exactly the same way as you. Maybe they'll just take the broad philosophical approach that we've talked about of, of how one benefits both in results and in morale from quite deliberately noticing and doing small things rather than get, getting tempted to, to long for a big move that rarely comes. Yes. Yeah. Just bring it back, ground yourself, bring it back, look at, break it down, put it all into perspective and just recognize that everything you do every day is important. And, and these are the things that, that, that add up. So um, yeah, it just, it just kind of, makes you visualize things a little bit more clearly and, and makes you realize that we're all doing a great job even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes on a wet Tuesday we're doing a great job yeah and one of the other bits uh let's finish in a minute but one of the other bits I just want to warn the listener about is quite often you could be doing the right thing three days running and suddenly the gains are not appearing and that's the point at which many of us give up. If you Google it, you can or, or st study interesting books like a, a brilliant book I would most recommend is called The Compound Effect. But there's a clear graph when people study the development of results or development of a skill in which for the to start with for the first two or three days or sometimes the two or three weeks in a big project, the, the line of gain is hardly moving. It might just go up just a tiny fraction over those early days. That's the time most people give up. That's the time to, to as Lucy's been doing, notice, you know, what, whatever you're getting from the process, even if it's not yet the money, because <laughs> that helps you hang in there so that if you're just that bit more patient than the 90% of people, you, you know, sooner or later you get a mini breakthrough or even a large breakthrough and then the line really does start to go up and you, you overcome the plateau effect. So my main message as we near the end of this interview is for people to, if, you, you know, if you're doing the wrong things, learn from it and stop doing it, do something else. Hopefully you'll, have the, you'll be able to notice the difference. But if you sense all things being equal, you're doing the right kinds of activities build relationship with your donors for instance then the universe rewards you for being the one of the ones that hang in there longer and then you really do start to get the gains coming back lucy you've been so generous with your time i'm really grateful and i've i've uh, got become re-energized by this concept just from talking to you so thank you for that and thank you for sharing your ideas on the fundraising bright spots podcast lucy reed Best of luck with your fundraising. I look forward to staying in touch. But for now, thank you so much and goodbye. Thanks, Rob. So I hope you found these ideas helpful. If you'd like to see a full transcript and a summary of the episode, 
You can find those on the blog and podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. And if you'd like some more ideas to help you succeed during the pandemic, then please do check out my ebook, Power Through the Pandemic, which gives seven key strategies to help you raise more money, even now through major donors, corporate partnerships and trusts. You can download it for free from brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash power. That's brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash power. And if you want to get in touch or spread the word to your colleagues or your followers in other charities about this episode, thank you so much for your help. And Lucy and I would love to hear what you think about these ideas. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, I'm at Woods underscore Rob. Lastly, thank you so much for listening today. If you found it helpful, please do remember to subscribe to the podcast now so you don't miss out on all the other sessions that we've got planned. And I wish you the very best of luck focusing today on what you can do, however small, that will contribute to the big results that you're determined to achieve for your charity. Goodbye. Goodbye.